0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Friday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Mark Cuban will join us on loan from the Dallas Mavericks. Phone calls are welcome. In about 20 minutes from now, the final three holes of the match between Mario and Tyler, the moderator, and the loser of that match from yesterday will get a shower of shame. We have uh, water balloons that are ready, and we will uh, pelt the loser Nobody knows. The Danettes don't know. Uh, I know the uh, final results there, but uh, not going to tip my hand at all. I will say that I would not want to go through that again. It was, it was everything that you thought it would be, and then some. Except for good golf, there was tension, there was controversy, there was some bad blood, there was gamesmanship, lack of sportsmanship, and a whole lot of bad golf. And there will be water balloons coming up. That'll be a firing squad for the loser in the uh, final hour of the program. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Remember when football had time on its side? Suddenly, it doesn't feel like football has as much time on its side as you would think. You know, in May, we went, eh, football's got a lot of time to figure this out. You know, they're going to be able to glean from the other leagues what they're doing, what they did, what they didn't do. College football, hey, going ahead. Hey, we may, may have 20,000 fans instead of eighty or 90,000 fans. Now we're in late June. Now all of a sudden college football starting to look at the reality of this. The number of COVID cases in other states that didn't have hot spots back in May and suddenly they have them now here in June. What's going to happen in July? Preseason football is in six weeks from now. Getting students on campus, players on campus, players testing positive here. Suddenly, football doesn't have as much time on its side as we thought. And Dr. Fauci, who heads up the CDC, said yesterday he has his doubts about football playing this season. But I, you know, he's not aligned with any league. We had the chief medical officer from the NFL, Dr. Sills, who joined us. And of course, he's aligned with the league I thought he was coming on and made available just so he could say, hey, don't worry about this. Dr. Fauci has nothing to do with the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott tests positive. All of a sudden, the NFL makes their chief medical officer available. Twelve minutes before surgery, he comes on the show. And while I appreciated his availability and he came on and he was a good guest, I have to look at the ulterior motive, and that was basically, we got some smoke here, guys. We got some smoke. We can't let anybody think that we got fires. Here is Sean McVay, the Rams head coach. I don't know exactly what he's saying, but I did enjoy how he said it.
1: We're talking about some of this stuff, and we're playing football. I mean, we're going to social distance, but we play football? This is really hard for me to understand all this. I don't want to be – I just – I don't get it.
0: He's got a great point there. He does. I don't know if he's saying – what are we doing playing football or this social distancing? But we're still trying to figure that out. Yes. He, yeah. What is the great point that he's making there? I think I, Oh, yes, Paul,
2: he was kind of agreeing with, uh, if you, before that, he's kind of talking about what, uh, Harbaugh said last week, he goes, it's kind of silly to have a social distancing policy during like, um, the offensive line meeting, the offensive alignment have to be 15 feet away from each other during the OL meeting. And then an hour later, they go into a practice where they're beating the hell out of each other. He goes, one doesn't match the other, and that I think is a summary of what he said.
0: I think, and that's what I was trying to take from this: is is he saying something in a positive way or in a negative way? Should we be playing football? And it, as it is right now, I don't know how you play football. I just don't. You know, baseball. I like, let me move on to something else. NBA, the NBA is trying to figure this out, but they're in a bubble, and you don't have as many players. And while there is physicality there, uh, I don't have to worry about as many people. You look at a pro football team, just the number of people you're going to come in contact with. I don't know how you're able to practice social distancing, safe distancing, and still play the game of football. Just don't. Maybe something happens here, but I'm going to be surprised if the NFL starts on time. And I'm sure I'm in the minority on this, but I don't know how the NFL starts on time. And as a result, you're going to have some college football games that are going to be canceled. Yeah, Tom.
3: Does uh, any higher ups in the NFL, if Coach McVay was meaning like, let's, you know, we're, if we're playing football, let's not pretend that we're going to be able to protect these guys. Something could happen, and there's, I don't care how long your book is of protocol. Does he get a talking to from Roger Goodell or any higher ups in the NFL? Let's not make these kind of public comments, whether you're tongue in cheek or well, not. Well, he's
0: got to follow the rules. I don't know if somebody reaches out to him and says, hey can we keep it in-house here? I mean that's what I would say if I'm the commissioner, I would say to Sean McVeigh, Sean, voice the concerns to me or to your superior and then we can collect all of this data. But let's not go, you know, off the cuff here, off script. Because the I still believe that Dr. Sills was made available because he wanted to calm fears about the NFL and Ezekiel Elliott testing positive. That's why everybody took note. We don't know who the other players are, but Ezekiel Elliott tested positive. Then all of a sudden, the reality hits you of, what would happen if Patrick Mahomes tests positive on a Thursday before a Sunday game? He's gone for at least two games, maybe three games. Rudy Gobert shut down an entire league, and as a result, shut down all the sports by testing positive people have this feeling of, Hey, we made it through the first wave. Well, in certain places, certain cities, certain States, you may have made it through the first wave. That doesn't mean that the second wave is not going to be even larger here. If there is a second wave, I don't feel like we've gotten through the first wave at all. Yes. Yeah. Some States just hit their highest average total yesterday. That's their first wave. Like New York is easing up the restrictions. That doesn't mean they don't get hit with what would be a second wave here. And now students going back. I have a daughter who will be going to school for her senior year. When she goes, you know, we're still trying to sort all of this out. This isn't just about sports. It's about, you know, I asked Dr. Fauci, if you had a child, would you be sending your child to school? And he said, it depends on the area and the hot spots. You know, if it didn't get you, it feels like it's going to get you. We were hit hard here in the New York, Connecticut area, New Jersey area, hard. LA got hit. And then I had friends who were in different states who said, hey, we don't have anything here. And a friend, you know, who lives in Texas said, hey, I, I, you guys, it feels like there's an overreaction. And I said, it's eventually going to come your way. It just is. Now, to what degree and, you know, what the knowledge we have and safety precautions, testing, all of those things. We're far more down the road as far as at least understanding what we have and the preventative measures. But as Dr. Fauci said, wear a mask. That's all. If not for you, for other people, wear a mask. And maybe that helps us in the next two months. But football's on the clock a lot more than we thought a month ago. Six weeks ago. Preseason football is in six weeks. Games. Can't imagine it happening. You're going to have practice in a month. Can't imagine it happening. Everybody's going to be watching what's happening with the NBA. But, you know, that's a bubble. NFL can't do a bubble. Dr. Fauci talked about a bubble. I, you can't do a bubble. Where are you going to do it? Too many players, too many teams, too many people who work with the team, cover the team, can't do it. Yeah, and if people
3: start testing positive within the NBA bubble, that's just going to exacerbate fears and concerns even more for an NFL that's ready to go without any type of bubble.
0: Maybe someday they're going to come up with a special set of baseball cards to commemorate the sport during the pandemic. Because this is like a rogues gallery. You know, you start with the commissioner, Rob Manfred. You put stats on the back, 100% guaranteeing the sport was coming back. His pandemic st- stats would, you know, start with that. Said the sport was coming back, 100% guaranteed. Followed by the statement that he's not sure if the sport is coming back. Players Association, Tony Clark. Numbers on the back of his card would probably be the shrinking number of games. Remember they demanded 114, then it was 80, now down to 70. I don't know if he goes any lower here. Scott Boris would have his own card, Super Agent. His stats would include the 15 players that he represents who make over $25 million a year. And don't forget Blake Snell, first player to really come out and ask why he would be playing for less money and what he was risking. I could go on and on and on. And here we are with baseball, and it doesn't feel like we're any closer. I feel like there's going to be baseball. I do. I just don't know what's going to happen here on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So when I come in on Monday, do we have something that is illuminating? Do we have another offer to reject? That's all it feels like. You know when you swat flies? Like, oh, there, damn, there's another one. That's what it feels like Major League Baseball is doing. There's swatting flies here. Hey, how about this SWAT? How about this SWAT? They're, they're, they're playing us. They're playing us. There's only a certain number of games that the owners are going to agree to. And I don't think it's anywhere near over 60 games. It's probably closer to right at 50. I really sincerely feel that, that this is what owners are doing. Certain number of owners don't want to have the season come back. So start with that. If six to eight owners don't want this to happen, that's where the commissioner, who works for these owners has to say, all right, I'm going to put you on the hook for 50 games. And out of those 50, you're, you know, 25 are going to be at home, 25 on the road. So you're going to lose the revenue from 25 home games with no fans. But if we have a postseason, everybody shares in the postseason money, and you don't have to pay the players what you thought you were going to have to pay this year. So I can reduce the amount of money you're going to lose. Now, they may make money. I'm guessing somebody's going to make money here, but not everybody is going to be in that same situation. That's what I think is happening with Major League Baseball. They know when they're going to start, the number of games that are going to be played, and when the season will end. That's it. I haven't budged off of it, and until I see something different between these two signs, I did say to the commissioner, at least on the show, go, you know, be in a room with Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association. He did that. He flew to Arizona. Got into a room. Nothing was solved. But that, to me, felt like it was symbolic. Hey, I'm giving you the appearance. We're doing everything we can do because – the commissioner flew to Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association. Oh, the owners are trying. Yeah, pulling.
2: Could you see if it goes down to 50 games after all this frustration, the hardcore baseball fans, like some famous person or some hardcore baseball fan group gets on social media and organizes a boycott in person of the regular season where, okay, you're going to do 50. We're not showing up for your 50 games. And you get a, a large group of people on social media to follow and join in and take a team that gets twenty thousand a game, and now they're getting six because a group of hardcore baseball fans says, "No, we're not going to participate. You decide you're not going to play. We won't show up. And they'll show up for the postseason because then it's important. But I could, I could see that happening with the with how social media works now. You could organize that kind of boycott with a couple of clicks.
0: You no, know, because if you're a hardcore baseball fan. Then you'll be back. You can watch on TV. You can
2: watch the Cubs, but you're you're not getting my money in person and my my hundred bucks because it's the ticket
0: and the parking. We always wait for people to organize when it comes to a, a, a you know any kind of protest with sports, and it never happens. And it's like, why do these m- municipalities pay for stadiums? Why can teams leave a city? I, get, I, it absolutely stuns me when you think of taxpayers paying for stadiums. And then that team can up and leave if they want. Hey, I I want a new stadium. Well, you don't get one without them taking my team. Any language that you know, fan base, taxpayers are paying for a stadium. Then the language has to be: you can't leave. You can't leave. And if you don't like it, then leave because. You don't have the positive motive here. There's not an an altruistic feel to this that we're in it together. Like Lambeau, they're in it together. That's a business together. And these owners, when they go, you know, I'm thinking about. "Ah, I didn't get my stadium. Stan Kroenke, I didn't get my stadium. I'm leaving here. Yeah, Tom.
3: And a lot of those same taxpayers that are forced to help build the stadium can't afford to actually go to a game with their family because it's just too expensive.
0: We'll talk to Mark Cuban. He'll join us. We'll get to your phone calls. Uh, coming up during the commercial break, the final three holes of, we called it the mismatch, the UAA. and uh, might have been betting on the side here, but uh, it was Tyler, the moderator, versus Mario, and uh, we have a shower of shame coming up in about 30 minutes from now. So we'll take a break. Mark Cuban of the Mavs will join us coming up next, approaching 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, uh, well, it's over. Nine-hole match. It was won by Tyler, the moderator. Tyler, the moderator. Congratulations. We have Shower of Shame coming up for Mario and Tyler uh, playing, representing Chat Row. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. The all-new GT four-door coupe. Life's a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you miss any interviews from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the DP Show app. Watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Uh, So a little bit of controversy there. Some questionable scoring and uh, some sportsmanship or lack thereof between the two. But uh, they did it. They uh, they made it through nine holes. So uh, shower shame coming up. Yes, Paul.
2: I may have had the worst day of all yesterday. When we were talking back before the golf, I said to the house bookie, Dylan, the graphics guy, I go, I would like to bet. What's the max I could bet on Tyler to win? He goes. Uh, I go. How about a thousand? He goes. He goes. I would take that bet. And I would. And I. I bailed. I was going to bet a thousand on Tyler.
0: Yeah. After watching, no, I would. I, I, There's no way I could put any money on either one of oh. those guys because they, while you're watching, like it was, it was a roller coaster ride. Yeah, McLevin.
4: Paulie's like the Floyd Mayweather uh, bets he would have, was about to make. Ooh. Oh, but I didn't make it. So I, I... yeah.
0: Floyd <laughs> Floyd wins every one of his bets, right? After the fact, he, he wins every one of them. Now he does show the tickets, right?
4: I'm frustrated because I bet on Mario and that was a mistake, but I'm curious about some some scoring
0: are you accusing somebody of something
4: well tyler was i think um somewhere his ball was about 100 yards behind a cart at eight on the second hole
0: and he ended up marking down an eight okay but you're accusing tyler of cheating yes wow that's a bombshell
4: well, I'm accusing everyone and say, ah, we gotta move on because we have a tight filming schedule. <laughs> Let's just put down eight.
0: Well, that could be true, but I know that they the, the boys found out they uh they were introduced to a new word fescue, and uh they were hitting balls into the fescue. And at one point it looked like Mario was taking out a sickle to clear out the uh the brush there so he could hit his ball. And I think he whiffed a couple of times in the uh, fescue. Yeah, McClellan.
4: It looked like Mario was two different golfers in the first segment of nine twenty yeah. and then eleven. Did he get tired, nervous? Uh
0: I, I think his real talent kind of came to the surface there. And and Tyler settled down after a few beers and he uh he had a dip. Yes. Yeah, once he broke out the uh Bud Light Seltzers oh, or whatever, <laughs> he was he really settled into a nice groove. I said, Come on, a Bud Light <laughs> Seltzer? And and he said, Oh yeah, I need it. After the first hole, he, like, I heard him crack a beer. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he didn't have Zima there. <laughs> All right, so that's coming up on this uh, Meat Friday. And uh, let me see. The uh, Traeger Father's Day sale. By the way, now through June 21st, get $100 off select wood-fired grills during Traeger's biggest sale of the year by contacting your local dealer or visiting traegergrills.com slash show. I see Mark Cuban. Can I hear Mark Cuban? Moments away. We're still trying to get the audio there. He is ready now. Mark, what's up, Dan? Hi, Bud. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. What have you been good. doing at home? Um, a lot of the
1: same. Watching my kids run my life and trying to pretend I'm still in charge with my wife. You know the usual. <laughs> Do your kids think you're cool? No,
0: absolutely not. No. Well, wait, you you own the Mavericks, you seem to have some money, that's not impressive to your kids, Shark Tank, come on.
1: No, they think they're cool, but they they don't think I'm cool at all.
0: (laughs) I love the story, I know you've talked about this before, of flirting with running for the presidency, but, you know, you have to take inventory with your family. Of course. So, first of all, was it real that you were considering a run in 2020? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then, it, if if your family voted for you to run for the presidency, would you have done it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so take me at, at dinner when you. So you, I'm I'm assuming it's dinner, and then you, everybody gets a vote.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was one of those things, like, okay, my wife and my oldest daughter, are like, no, we we've heard it. We we hear everybody. Everybody's asking us, um, don't even think about it. And I'm like, can we at least take a vote? And everybody got everybody was no except for my ten year old son. He was on the fence. He's like, but I think it would be cool to have secret service.
0: Okay. And his sisters are <laughs> like, No. Well, that's a big commitment there. But I, I was wondering about that. If you it was it an it wasn't an anonymous poll. Like that you're no. they, putting their hands no, up. <laughs> you needed a lobbyist on your side, Mark. Yeah.
1: Well, consider
0: they all voted no. <laughs> um, help me out with this uh, this bubble here of understanding exactly what we're up against because I have issues with it. But I'm I'm called Danny Downer here. Like the NFL and college football, everybody just assumes. Well, it's the NFL and college football. We're going to play football. I I just I don't know. I don't know if we have a Rudy Gobert moment and then what happens here, Mark.
1: I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's no question about it. But, you know, every day we learn a little bit more. And it all comes down to the science and, and trying to do whatever we can to keep everybody safe. I think if you look at your own home or what you're doing there, you know, when you have a controlled environment, you, you feel safer. And as long as, you know, people adhere to the program, you know, we hope we should be okay. You know, if, it's when you get the aberrational scenarios that we can't anticipate that I think creates some risk. but I, you know, as long as everybody's on board, I think we can pull it off.
0: Are you going to be there?
1: Um, I will be there at least part of the time. We're shooting Shark Tank. We're finally opening up uh, allowed to, and allowed to shoot Shark Tank, so we're trying to squeeze it all in. Um, I tried to get the mothership to allow us to shoot Shark Tank since it's an ABC show at Walt Disney World, <laughs> but we haven't been able to pull that off yet.
0: We're talking to Mark Cuban. He's the uh, Mavs owner. I saw a stat. I don't know if you even know this. The best winning percentage for an NBA team since 2001 is San Antonio. Yep. Second and we're best. Second. Yeah. 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 I knew that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah.
1: You know, up, up until the last few years, we were pretty good, but, you know, having a big, tall German guy certainly helped <laughs> quite
4: a bit. And so,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I screwed up some things letting Nash go, but overall, I mean, it wasn't a bad run.
0: Didn't I give you grief about getting rid of Nash back when you got rid Everybody of Nash? Everybody gave me grief. <laughs> Deservedly well, so. I at least do it to your face, Mark. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. these,
1: these writers. You know, I got so much. Oh, forget it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you, and we've talked about this before when you were interested in buying a baseball team, but if you looked at this as a businessman, what's going on in baseball? If I had you have the the commissioner and the head of the player Association, and you're the arbitrator, How could you bring baseball back that made the most sense? And we're just talking financially because I don't know health wise how we're going to be, but financially, how would you do it?
1: It it, certainly from the outside appears to be a matter of trust. And I can understand why they don't trust (laughs) them. You know, I mean, look at my experiences with them. You know, it was very much, particularly under Bud Selig, it was autocratic. It was, you know, his way or the highway. And, you know, he give or take draft picks away. And so when somebody's in, you know, when a business is run that way, and I, I don't know, you know, if the, the current folks are doing it the same way. But when a business is run that way, it's really hard to trust. And the only thing really you can do is open the kimono and, and put all your economic information on the table and let them see exactly what's going on. And that's just not how baseball operates.
0: Adam Silver, though, has that trust on both sides. I, I, I yeah. It appears that way. I, I mean, you do you think that he yeah. has that true trust on both sides?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's very collaborative. He's, he's a great listener. He understands what the bigger picture is. Not only just for the NBA, but also for our players and for the sport of basketball globally, you know, and and I think he takes on that responsibility. But he you know, Adam is not set in his ways. It's not this is my way or the highway. He's very open to suggestions no matter where they come from. Uh
0: by the way, who would have been your running mate if you were running for the presidency? You available? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. I haven't that. gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. I not gotten oh, that far. you got that far. In your no minders. i really didn't no
1: you gotta you gotta win the game first you gotta get in the game first before you
0: you'd have to you'd team. have to wear a suit and tie every day you couldn't do no. that that'd be the first thing i changed <laughs> sweatsuit
1: why not you know velour tracksuit can you imagine the state of the union you know
0: commander in sweatsuit mark cuban why not um the uh Protest, or at least uh, kneeling before the anthem? I don't know if your team has talked about this, you know, got other things to worry about, but is there any policy that you have as as the owner of the Mavs or the NBA has uh, that would prevent this from happening?
1: Well, the NBA's got a policy that you're supposed to stand um, and face the flag during the national anthem. But, you know, like we were just talking, Adam is very collaborative and and open-minded. And you know this is a once in a generation opportunity for us to really impact american society and, and change how minorities and african americans in particular are treated and so i don't think you stand on legacy items you know to you know, when you have such an amazing opportunity and you know i haven't had the discussion with our players about this but you know this is their league they they drive this league a hundred percent and you know i'm going to be very supportive because again you know, when the pandemic first hit and we closed down basketball the night we were playing, that was bigger than the NBA. That was the, safe, the health and safety you know, of everybody. You know, now this is bigger than the NBA as well. And so we have, you know, the players have a platform to get to really show what's important to them and hopefully have an impact on race relations in this com- in this country. And so, again, that's that's far more important than, you know, some rules that were established in the 80s that may not be relevant today.
0: I wanted to quote you correctly. Are you planning on kneeling?
1: Um, You know, I don't know if I'll be allowed to be down by the floor. But if I can show, um, if I can be acting unison and show support for our players, I'll certainly will.
0: What do you make of Kyrie Irving's comments here, Mark?
1: I don't know. I mean, you have to ask Kyrie on that. I'm sure he's got his logic. I just, I just, I I don't know Kyrie at all. I haven't spoken to him.
0: When uh, you realized that your star player was out of shape, uh, did you place a phone call to your star player?
1: Oh, no, I knew Luca was working out. That stuff about him being out of shape. Yeah. You know, because we, Luca and I text all the time, and he's really proud to show me his workout pictures. Really proud. And if Luca's lifting weights, he's taking pictures. Trust me. Wait, wait. So, wait, so I, yeah.
0: when you get selfies, you know, and your wife said, Oh, what do you got? Oh, it's a selfie, and it's actually from one of your <laughs> players. <laughs> hey, I got somebody with their shirt off. Oh, no, it's Luca.
1: No, there there are no. What are you wearing? Selfies, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but how did it come out that he was not in shape?
1: I think that was a mistranslation um, from one of his coaches <laughs> who was trying to make the point that he's not in game shape yet, but it, but he's in good shape.
0: That's good. Uh, hey, it's great. What do you have behind you? You got one thing that's hanging, and then one thing it's not.
1: Oh, this is my little Shark Tank poster, so I always get to pitch right. So uh, you always, always selling. Okay. And that's an old broadcast.com thing that's been up there for. For what, a long time,
0: other other than the trophy, what would impress me the most about your your memorabilia?
1: Um, probably when I first bought the Mavs and the first All Star game I went to, Julius Erving was my hero growing up in Pittsburgh when I was a little kid. I mean, I literally went to the filming of the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh just to see <laughs> Julius Erving <laughs> from a distance. So one of my favorite pictures is a picture of me standing away from Julius Irving and one of my friends taking a picture. So it looks like I'm almost talking to Julius <laughs> Erving. So that's, that's my classic.
0: Uh, you've since spoken to Dr. J. Yeah. Did you tell him absolutely. about
1: that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure certainly did.
0: The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh? Yes. That was not yeah, a good they filmed movie. It at
1: the Civic, they filmed it at the <laughs> Civic Arena when I was a kid. And I took the 41B bus down to downtown Pittsburgh. And I snuck in through the back door. And I wasn't an extra. I didn't sign up. But I was watching in the wings while they were filming it. I'm just so excited.
0: That's great. Hey, it's great to talk to you. And hopefully, we get Always. this season started. Um, but I do think football is got some question marks here. At least you guys got a head start with this bubble. Uh, well,
1: we'll find out. You know, we'll take the Hotel California approach, and you know, you check in and you don't leave until you're eliminated. <laughs> um, you know, and but everybody's learning every day. You know, and, and we'll see what happens. Because the other thing, Dan, I'll mention real quick. This isn't just about the NBA. If we can't pull this off, what are college basketball and high school basketball and middle school basketball going to do? And who, you know, we are going to be the template for them in a lot of respects on the things we learn and what we can communicate to everybody downstream. So, again, this is another situation where it's bigger than just the the NBA and it's bigger than just basketball
0: but do you think that you know the teams that worked hard to get a home court advantage won't have a home court advantage were you in favor of giving these teams anything
1: I, I don't know how we could do that and again I, I don't even, that really wasn't even a, a topic of, of conversation you know at least any of the conversations that I was in um it was more about the bigger picture you know how can we do this safely and again what if you know, the Mavs just,
0: had the number one seed What's that? What if the Mavs had the number one seed?
1: I'd be like, we got to play all the games in Dallas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did wonder this, Mark, and I I don't know. Like, can we get, could we have gotten to the point where the Eastern Conference and Western Conference teams played each other? Or maybe just the finals played each other. And then, so they, they were traveling there instead of staying in Orlando in this bubble.
1: You know, we have to listen to the scientists who tell us what to do and how to do it best. The the one thing we can't compromise on is doing our best to keep everybody safe. And so, you know, the more you travel, the more people involved, the more locations involved, the more difficult it is. So I, I think we we came up with the right approach and we'll learn, you know, and then we'll just cross our fingers and hope that we get a vaccine. So by the time next season rolls along, we'll have you know more ammunition to try to deal with this.
0: Will there be an asterisk? attached to this season?
1: No, no more than 1999. Everybody said 1999, there'd always be an asterisk, and,
0: <laughs> you know, no one remembers. I said that to people. I go, you know, when the the Spurs won the title, there was no asterisk. Nobody brings that up at all, and they go, wait, what happened? No.
1: In- <laughs> or even the year, you know, 2012, when there was a 66-game post-lockout season. Yeah. Right? No one brought that up, and that was a big deal because you were playing back-to-back-to-back games to get 66 games stuck into a season. And so that was even more difficult. And so, you know, no people don't look at that. People just look at the rings on your finger.
0: Once again, he let Steve Nash get away. He's uh, <laughs> that's, that's only sixteen years ago.
1: Sixteen years
0: ago. Do you think Nash has moved on from it? He's he's no. Okay.
1: <laughs> Every time I see him, he gives me that look. He won't say it, but he gives me that look. Oh, we, I can't. We kind of. We kind of put it behind us. We went out and had a couple of drinks one day and, and I think we, we got past it.
0: But Phoenix had Kid, KJ, and Nash on the roster at the same time, right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Can't imagine what practice must have been like for those guys.
1: You
0: know, a lot of passing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us. Good luck with Shark Tank as always, and uh, yeah, be safe. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we'll take a break. We got our uh, well, last call here. We got our shower of shame coming up, the meet Friday, and uh, last call for phone calls coming up here, Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio Radio app, search FSR to listen live. All right. This day in sports history, Paul.
2: Dan, there's a few. Eighteen forty six the New York Knickerbocker Club played the New York Club. That's what it's called in the first baseball game in Hoboken, New Jersey as the first organized baseball game. Let's see. The NFL approved the merger of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers in nineteen forty three. I guess they were called the Steagles. I always thought this was a joke, but that that really happened. Hmm. Um University of Maryland star Len Bias died of a cocaine-induced seizure in 1986. And in 73, Dan, for you, Pete Rose of the Reds got his 2,000th career hit. (laughs)
0: Thank you, That's this day in uh, sports history. Gibbs in Virginia is back. Hi, Gibbs. What do you have for me?
3: Dan, what's going on? Great shows this week. Uh, Well, I should be called not exactly Atticus Finch in Virginia Beach from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Nick Lovin'. The load of guff I got from my friends and family couldn't sit in a ten gallon bucket right now. So uh, thank you, but but it, but again, so my so Gibbs. About-
0: Gibbs is a lawyer for a construction company, and McLovin called him out and said, "Not exactly Att- Atticus Finch,
4: the lawyer from Tequila Kill and Mockingbird." It, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: And, Dan, my call was to <laughs> I- express to the audience that your pull and influence in the collegiate realm is oh, helping I me get into law school, not not to express my career choices <laughs> to McLovin. Um, but, McLovin, uh, I did mention that I was a double Tar Heel from Carolina, so that's law school and MBA. So uh, the life of a public defender in rural Alabama really didn't uh, suit me at the time, so thank you very much. Um, but... But, uh Dan, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing. And the rest of it, I wanted to call in earlier, but the rest of this week was a little too serious and uh, didn't find the right time. But absolutely thumbs up to the callers for this day in lighting McLovin' up. Y'all have a great weekend.
0: Thank you, Gibbs. Uh Jimmy in Chicago. Hi, Jimmy. What do you have for me? What's up, Dan? Glad to be back. Sure. Uh, my new job has been kind of messing up my uh, morning schedule. But um, I wanted to uh, – if you guys could, I know you're pressing time, but if you guys could do a best movie draft, I've been wanting to ask you guys to do that for a while. Uh, like a lightning, maybe first round. That would absolutely make, make my day. Take All care. right. You know, we might get around to that, Jimmy. We, you know, we've done our best to try to still stay with sports because there have been a lot of topics here that we haven't strayed too far. You know, I mean, sometimes we get goofy, but then you come to expect that. Uh, Robbie in Mississippi. Hey, Robbie, what's on your mind today?
5: Hey, Dan, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I uh, am a civil rights historian in Mississippi at Jackson State University, the alma mater of Paulie's beloved, Walter Payton. And I would add here, too, also Eddie Payton, the Lions, uh, Detroit Lions player, who was our longtime golf coach. So if you guys need some lessons, you might send them down uh, this way. But I-, I wanted to respond to something you said uh, kind of in passing with Paul Feinbaum about Ole Miss in particular. And the fact that what most people don't understand and realize is that Ole Miss is actually a term that is derived from from slavery in which uh, slave masters, their daughters were known as Little Miss and their wives were known as Ole Miss. And in the early 20th century, it became popular to refer to the University of Mississippi as Ole Miss. And I think that's something that the university is going to have to reckon with here in Mississippi as well, especially when we think about the context. Of young black athletes thinking about where they're going to go to college.
0: I agree, and Robbie, thank you for bringing that up because I Pritzi gave me some information on. I did not know what Ole Miss referred to. I, this has been educational. If you choose to make it or allow it to be educational, just understanding. And it's been around so long that you just sort of take it for granted. I I didn't. I thought Ole Miss was just Mississippi, and it's just our Ole Miss. Uh, I, I did not know Old Miss was the slave owner's wife's name. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me today?
5: Hey, hey, Dan. Uh, happy Meat Friday. I just wanted to tell you and all the guys, happy Father's Day. I know how important it is to be a father, and all you guys seem to do a pretty good job at it. The callers today were fantastic. Great shows all week long, man. You rock,
0: dude. Holler at you on Monday. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Uh, not sure what's in store this weekend for you, but I'm, I don't, I'm just taking inventory. I have four kids. I don't know who's going to be home, but I said to my wife, who's ever there, I'm sure that uh, they'll say nice things about me. If that's all that matters. Yes, McLovin.
4: Results of the poll, would you rather be left alone or do a big family activity? On Father's Day, 56% be left alone. Yeah. Then the 44% are lying.
0: <laughs> but my daughter's birthday is on Father's Day. That throws a little curve. Yeah, she was born on Father's Day, and uh, so I got to celebrate that. So that that supersedes Father's Day. So I got to make sure that she feels like she's, you know, sort of like you want love to have witnessed that great white shark.
4: It's happening, by the way. A lot of people tweeting me, "Hey, I heard you saw a great white." <laughs> I'm like, word.
0: <laughs> if anybody ever sees McLovin, just ask about the great white shark, please. Be- People are actually asking for a T-shirt that says, I've seen a great white shark. <laughs> no, you could have McLovin, like, on the beach pointing and then just have a great white shark. That's a great white. Yeah. Hey, that's a great white shark right there.
4: All right, there's about a 75% chance it was, like, a tuna or just a <laughs> yeah, dolphin. The dolphin, yeah. yeah. Dolphin.
0: yeah. I don't you think I'm getting enough love for that story. That's, that's a great line. That's a great line for Friday. Line? Like, I would be dead serious. Oh. Oh, you were. Um, well, the back row had a, a good week this week, I think. Right? I think so. Yeah. We didn't you get pelted the, by water balloons. Do you think no. the whole back row feels that way? I don't know.
3: I think for the most part it was a, it was a strong week.
0: Yeah, Paul.
2: I buried the lead, but before everyone got here this morning, Fritzy and I had a little personal chat.
0: We did. Well, shouldn't and we it, be discussing? <laughs> no, nope, it stays
2: with Todd and I, but it was a, it was a lovely conversation.
0: Yeah, but you're like Pete Carroll saying, somebody called me about Colin Kaepernick, and then you uh, gave no details. Tune about in Monday it. on the Dan Patrick. Oh. <laughs> All righty. Uh, what we learned brought to you by Raycon, their wireless earbuds. The way to go get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com. Patrick. buyraycon.com. Patrick. A lot of fun. Phone calls were great today. Thanks for the support. Chat row, awesome. Tyler and Mario, thank you. Have a great weekend. One more item as we close out the show, and you just saw the trigger. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.